Daniel from the Lasher Cash, joined as always by Pete, freezing his butt off down in Texas. Uh, the cold weather is coming up to New York soon, but we're here staying warm and we're going back to what keeps us warm inside, and that is Shudder, uh, the best place on earth for good original horror. And we're checking out a new movie that debuted on Shudder a few weeks back, I think, called Sorry About the Demon, a horror comedy written and directed by Emily Haggins, uh, produced by Aaron B. Koontz. And I thought this was a really refreshing little horror movie. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I feel like we just got done making this incredible almost hour and 40 minute best of 2022, like going deep into these like classic movies. It's nice. And, and I don't want this to sound like I'm, I'm, I'm saying anything negative towards this movie, but this movie just felt like a nice little 90 plus minute fun horror movie that didn't ask too much of the audience gave me everything I wanted from the title, gave me everything I wanted from the, artwork that is shown on shutter and i genuinely enjoyed this little movie what do you think of it pete i could say the exact same thing wouldn't you say that this movie if they like condensed it and made it really short don't you think that it could be a segment in scare package one or two uh i wonder why what would give you that idea it's almost <laughs> as if the people who worked on this movie uh had a part in scam yeah no i definitely think so it has that same we did a review late last year uh where we talked about scare package 2 rad chad's revenge right. and we said the same thing you know super fun uh if they if they put out a new scare package anthology horror movie just like it every year yeah we would watch and review them as long as this channel lasts uh, because they're, they're just fun and they, they feel very different. You know, a lot of times when you watch horror uh, today, you're either dealing with a franchise horror movie right. uh, like scream mm -hmm. or a, a franchise or Halloween ends or a remake of something uh, right. or like uh, with Hellraiser or, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or you're dealing with uh, something that is trying to, you know, like the Blumhouse A24 section of horror always tends to, you know, be pushing the envelope towards more dramatic horror uh, or, you know, try almost an artsy type of horror film. And so, you know, to get a you know, 95 to a hundred minute horror comedy. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> with the characters, like the characters in this movie where, right. uh, you know, I'm sure we'll get into some spoilers for this movie. We don't have to really get too deep into spoilers, but just to make the point that I think Pete and I are trying to make the name of the demon in this movie is Diominus. <laughs> and, one of the characters is even like you're a demon named Diominus, and he's like, "Shut up, leave me alone." Right? And like that is, you know, it, that kind of. This is a movie that doesn't take itself too seriously, and it's a movie where I feel like if it did try to take itself too seriously, uh, 
Yeah. It would have failed. Um, yeah. I, I feel like this movie is in a genre unto itself. We say horror comedy, but I feel like you could even have like, well, let's say subgenre, right? It's a subgenre unto itself. And there's so many different movies you could put under the horror comedy label. Like you could put like Evil Dead 2 under horror comedy, right? But then I think that you could also put like straight up spoofs like Dracula Dead and Loving It under horror comedy, right? Now, um, this movie is somewhere I'd say like kind of in between. It kind of seems like a spoof, but it's not. Um, one thing that I read years ago was that the reason why they don't make just straight up comedies anymore is because they have like so much comedy in Marvel movies and things like that. That like certain movies like that are made by Marvel or other superhero movies have so much comedy that like people get that sort of fix from that now. And I feel like this movie really is just a comedy, but with horror trappings. Now, I haven't seen Emily Hagen's whole filmography, but it looks like her shorts and the things that she's made are in line with Scare Package, too. So I think that this is kind of her bread and butter, this type of movie. Um, when you're watching it, it feels like, okay, well, is this like a little too goofy to like take seriously but it's it, it sort of like sticks the landing it keeps that balance yeah. where it's like genuine and you care about the characters it's never too ridiculous but there are quite a few ridiculous moments yeah so that, there, could, there were yeah, definitely sorry. a couple parts there were definitely a couple parts where i was like oh uh, i mean they so the main character of this movie will played by will. john michael simpson right who this guy has a face that I, I'm not even, I'm not going to say anything bad about his face. He just has, he has a face that he, he looks so familiar. I feel like I have seen him in dozens of movies and TV shows. And then I looked him up and I'm like, I don't recognize any of these things. Right. And he just has that kind of like every man face. Yeah. And he's really good at playing that kind of pathetic, you know, loser character that like the girlfriend breaks up with him like this they almost make the joke run a little too long but i really love the, the scene at the beginning where his girlfriend is like trying to have a serious conversation with him but he's on like a service call for this toothpaste this disgusting toothpaste company right. and like half the things he's saying to her are actually to the person on the phone about the toothpaste. Right. And then half the things that he's saying to the person on the phone are to her about their relationship. Right. And he can't even like hang up the phone with his crappy toothpaste job. And so like, he does a really good job, John Michael Simpson of being this kind of loser character who you you're rooting for because you want him to like snap out of it. Right. But you're you're also kind of like <laughs> this guy's such a loser. Yeah. He's such a loser to the point where the demon in the movie won't possess him. <laughs> yeah. And to me, that yeah. that I don't think I'd ever seen that in a movie where like a demon flat out says, "I don't want you. Yeah, like get yeah. me somebody else." And the fact that he's like forced to live in this house um, that he was like tricked into buying. And he like just kind of makes do with the fact that there's a ghost boy who lives in the house and there's a spooky demon woman who lives there. And, and it's just like, all right, 
Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> like, I'm going to bed, Deonymous. Leave me alone. I'm going to bed, Ghost Boy. Leave me alone. And it's like, it, it. there was that show. There was a British show mm-hmm. where it was like a vampire, a werewolf, and a ghost. Being and then human. they made an American. What, what is it? Being human. Love that show. And there were yeah. like parts of it, parts of that, that reminded me right. of being human. Yeah. yeah, see, that's the funny thing, right, is that um, I interviewed Peter Hall and Paul uh, Gandersman a couple of months ago, and we had this video on our channel. You guys can go check it out. But they're friends with Emily Hagens. They actually gave her credit in the video. They're like, oh, you know, Emily Hagens is great. Um, they did the cold open with her on Scare Package, right? They, they um, Paul Gandersman edited it, and Peter Hall was the producer. And... Um, during the interview, I compared their book, The Dead Friends Society, to being human. And I think oh, that wow. that's kind of, if you look at Cold Open, if you look at their book, The Dead Friends Society, and if you look at this, it's this this type of humor where it's like the supernatural's there. You kind of recognize it because it fits these tropes from horror movies. Mm-hmm. And then you sort of like live with it, but it's not like, all those movies that you mentioned in the beginning of our video where it's like this A24, someone's living with a demon and it's like, you know, making them flay themselves or like they want to kill themselves. It's like they live with a demon and then they like make cakes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the thing that's bad for them isn't that there's a demon making them like want to rip their eyeballs out. It's they're upset because their girlfriend has moved on to another guy, you know? Yeah. So it's it's funny, like I kind of like this brand of humor. Um, I, I also wanted to make a uh, bring up one point. You mentioned how John Michael Simpson, you, you, you thought you sort of thought that he looked just like a guy you've seen many times before. I felt like uh, Jeff McQuitty, who plays Patrick in the movie, his friend. I was like, okay, wait, that guy's in Scare Package, right? And then I looked him up on IMDb, and then he wasn't in anything either. That I was like, oh, yeah. okay, he looks it, so familiar. They got. The all of the main actors in this movie I felt did really good. Yeah. And I I don't recognize them from anything. Right. And it just felt like they I you said it with like this brand of humor. Yeah. Like there's different forms of comedies in movies. There's there's slapstick, there's satire, and then there's kind of just like deadpan like deadpan comedy where you accept these ridiculous situations. Right. And, and like you said, like the, the way John Michael Simpson's character, it like, he just accepts that like weird shit's going to happen in his new house because there's a, a demon living there and there's a ghost boy who occupies one of the rooms. It's like perfectly it. Like he doesn't play it for slapstick Right. There's nothing satirical about it. It's not a spoof. It's just like deadpan. Like right. you just it's just accepting this situation. And because it's such a ridiculous situation, it is funny. Right. And it, it's it is very uh, I think because of that, it's it, it is kind of very strange. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yes. You know, it's funny because we keep talking about how uh, Emily Hagen's made cold open for Scare Package. This movie literally has a cold open, too. It has this like kind of comedy scene right before the credits, right? And it's where you're introduced to different characters that you think, oh, like, oh, these are the main characters? Like, it's going to follow this family? But essentially, it's this family called the Sellers family. And their response to the demon is very deadpan, like you say, too. 
They're just kind of like, oh shit, there's a demon in our daughter. Uh, okay, can we like cut you a deal so that you can possess someone else? They're not like sitting there scared, crying, sobbing. They're, they're, they're trying to like, you know. The mom and dad. Right. The, the mom and dad of the Sellers family were maybe my two favorite characters just yeah. because of their line deliveries. Like, we really do want our daughter back. Like, is there anything you can do for right. us on here? Like, what if we bring you somebody else? Like, it's it's taking a situation, yeah. demon possession in horror. Right. It's taking demon possession. It's taking haunted houses. Like, tropey horror situations yeah. that have been used hundreds, thousands of times in horror films. Right. And it's doing something slightly different with them yeah. to make it uniquely funny. Yeah. And... I I, I kind of got a kick out of this. And I, it's it's definitely the type of movie that I can see myself like just throwing on if I if I can't find anything to watch or if I'm tired and like I, I, I can't fall asleep at night. I'll be like, oh, sorry about the demon. It was fun. I'll, I'll yeah. throw it on. And like like Scare Package, again, we keep bringing it back. It's the same, you know, between Emily Hagen's and Aaron B. Koontz. It's you know, that same, aren't, aren't these all like your neighbors? Aren't these all like the Austin uh, horror comedy society? Like, Yeah. All, all the people that we've name dropped, Emily Hagen's and B. Koontz, and then like Peter Hall and, uh, you know, Paul Gandersman, they all live in Austin. And then there's um, even like Keith Lansdale and he's, he, he's worked with them. He did the pale door. You know, mm -hmm. we've interviewed a whole bunch of these people. I want to get Aaron B. Koontz on here and Emily Hagen's too. Um, but yeah, they're all from this area. They all work through this company, Paper Street uh, Productions. I think that's what it's called. I have to look it up. But isn't uh, Paper Street is that named for Fight Club? I, that's one of the questions I would ask Aaron B. Koontz. I'm like, I, that... I'm pretty sure that was the whole like the the house, right? That they base everything out of is on Paper Street in Fight Club, right? Their rundown house, and like they've made a whole bunch of movies. You mentioned uh, a couple of months ago the Requin, right? That's a movie with Alicia Silverstone. Yeah. Yeah, they made that. Um, they also made that movie Old Man. I didn't see that one though. Do you know what I'm talking about? Is that's with um the dude from the guy from Avatar. Avatar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the, he's also uh from the blind man from right. Don't Breathe. Yeah. I love that guy. Oh, Stephen Lang. Stephen yes. Lang. He's right, excellent. Right. Yeah, VFW and stuff, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, he's he's great. I love him. Um, but they made that movie Old Man. I didn't see that either. But what, what I'm trying to get at is that, like, there is a film scene in Austin, obviously, and they have their little niche with horror. And I think that within that niche, they even have this sort of deadpan reaction that you're talking about. Um, but I wanted to ask you this. Do you feel like that type of humor really kind of lends itself, though, to, like, shorts and, like, segments of an anthology versus a full-length feature? Because before you answer that question, I just want to give you one last tidbit. Because, um, you know, we have South by Southwest and these people are like heavily involved in South by Southwest. Right. And before the movies go on that you go to see, like if you're going to go see Jojo Rabbit or in this case, there's fucking like the black phone was South by Southwest. But then this year, there's crazy shit coming out for South by Southwest too. Uh, Evil Dead Rise is coming out for South by Southwest. Right. Before they show those movies, they have these little shorts that they show that are like three minutes long. And it's a movie that's like this, but it's just broken down in three minutes. Like, do you feel like this type of humor 
is really maybe more suited for that versus feature length? I, I think it depends. I think a movie like this can, as a feature, I yeah. think, first of all, um, anytime you're dealing with uh, comedy, you have to be uh, cognizant of time. You know, we talk a lot about movies um, in all genres that overstay their welcome or right. understay their welcome, depending on the situation. Right. Uh, you know, like uh, The Batman was a critically acclaimed movie that I genuinely liked, but I, I thought it was 30 minutes too long. And oh, yeah. it, and it, you know, it, it really, by the end of it, I was just like, oh, come on. Uh, and that, that happens a lot. You know, uh, Terrifier 2 is two and a half hours, which for a slasher movie is a long time. And I love Terrifier 2, but it's, it's long. So when you're doing a comedy, I feel like you, you do have to be worried about going too far past the 90 minute mark. I felt this movie kept it to almost exactly where I would have ended it. So I was fine. Yeah. But. I love shorts. I go to film festivals. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't gone to anything remotely cool like South by Southwest uh, or, you know, Fantasia or anything like that. Uh, but I have gone to local film festivals here in New York, New York City Horror Film Festival, uh, Brooklyn Horror Fest. Uh, I went, there was uh, Fear, the Fear NYC, uh, which was, you know, about five, six years ago. And they always put shorts in, in like before the features in the programs and I love uh so many uh of these shorts that I've seen are are so awesome uh even like comedy wise but also dramatic wise sometimes you like you you can really just get to the main emotional point of what you want to do in seven minutes mm -hmm. so you don't need two hours mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and like a lot of the times the filmmakers are, you know, it's their proof of concept. Like if I can make you like this for seven minutes or three minutes, then maybe we could stretch this out into a feature. Right. Right. And like, uh, I, I think it all, it all depends to answer your question. I I'll take 10 shorts like this put into a, uh, an, an anthology like scare package and then once in a while, drop one of these on Shutter or put it out in theaters. Uh, and you know, it, this movie doesn't have a ton of special effects. I don't think it cost a crazy amount of movie, a crazy amount of money uh, in movie. You know, for what movies cost to make this movie. So drop it in a few theaters with a few word, uh, with a little word of mouth, and it'll probably make its money back. And you know, I, I think that would be cool. Uh, yeah, but you know, if, if the people who made this, especially sorry about the demon are making these yearly, it seems anyway, they've done two in two years or two in three years. Anthology is like the scare package movies. Then, yeah, I think it would be cool to keep doing those, but also, you know, flesh out the good ideas into, you know, movies like this. And as long as shutters around, we're going to keep getting them. So, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny because I always think in terms of like uh, stories of like novels and short stories and things like that, right? Like a movie short is like a short story and then a novel is like a, f a feature, right? And so like, it's funny because there's a feature film coming out soon for The Bookie Man. We should probably talk about that trailer at some point too, 
right? Okay. You saw a trailer, right? It just dropped like yesterday. I, I actually, I didn't see the full trailer. I just saw the little TV clip. And my first thought is, this feels like something that was going to go direct to DVD in 2005. Like, um, like Wes Craven presents They, you oh, know, shit. one of those movies. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I, I'm willing to give it a shot. Okay. You know, but, but but like I really like the, the short story of the boogeyman, and I'm I'm kind of curious how they're gonna make it into a feature. Uh and that movie Antlers, that was based on a short story too. Um, but like I think what designates a short story and a novel, and what designates a short film and a feature film is the journey that the character has to go through, right? And I think that you can tell a character's journey within a short story or a short film, but I think that you could really flesh it out with a feature. And I think that Will, the character, is very endearing. And what he goes through is an interesting concept. Like a person who basically has a lot of ambition and will do a lot of different things, but is kind of going nowhere. He gets to like a certain point and then he doesn't go further. And how would his girlfriend react to that? And then like what happens to him after his girlfriend dumps him? Then you finally have, well, he's making amends with that girlfriend. But then she's possessed by a demon. Yes. I'm just I'm just thinking of the scene though in the movie where uh Patrick and the other Amy who spells her name differently show up to the house <laughs> right. and she's like, What about what about these cakes? Is that the demon? No, no, that's that that was Will. He went through a cake making phase. Oh right. what about these wood block? What about this woodworking? Oh no, no, that was yeah, Will Will did all this woodworking. He was into that last summer. And right. she keeps going from like thing to thing to thing that Will was into for a little bit. And it's like I feel like there was a lot of me in there, you know, whether well, it's uh, you know, writing uh you know, writing full movie reviews and TV reviews uh for Geeks of Doom. Yeah. Back uh, when when they were, you know, when their website was going hard, uh, doing YouTube videos with you for the Lazarcast, uh, whether it's actually sitting down and trying to do some real writing, which I yeah. try and fail at spectacularly, whether it's, you know, and, and I do all of these like little things. And then I, I and I, there was a lot of me I felt in Will. Yeah. And I, I feel like there's a lot of everybody in Will. And, you know, we always, I saw, I even though he was intentionally pathetic, I did like him as a character. And I thought he was acted really well by John Michael Simpson. Oh, he was awesome. And that's exactly, I feel the exact same way. I could totally relate. Um, the, the, the supporting cast is pretty great too. His girlfriend, Amy, is great. And she has to go through quite a bit you know, as the demon, she has to sort of do a lot of physical uh, acting too. That's uh, Paige Evans, right? Paige Evans. Yeah. Then the Amy that you mentioned, her name is Olivia Ducan. And I thought she yeah. was really funny as this sort of like, you know, uh, like she was like a medium kind of type, like somebody you've seen like paranormal activity, but you know, someone that gets all of her info from like YouTube videos and shit. Right. Yeah. I, I also like even the simple detail yeah. in the script of he can't get over his girlfriend named Amy. So his best friend introduces him to a girl named Amy. Named Amy. Right. And right. she's like, oh, don't worry. I spell it with an I and two E's. Right. Like, right. see, it's totally different. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. I mean, the, it, one other thing, one running gag, too. And I guess we're going into spoilers a little bit, but like 
he's he has all this horrible toothpaste right from this company <laughs> and his friend keeps talking about how this one time he got this cavity that like almost killed him right and then we eventually i mean here's a big spoiler they use the fucking toothpaste to seal up the gateway to hell you know i just i love shit like that i love like how they like reference it the whole movie and then it has a payoff yeah at the end. it's it's not you just know, a joke Chekhov's toothpaste Chekhov's toothpaste there you go very good yes yeah yeah so um, yeah go ahead. no i i i yeah this is it, this happens all the time i watch a horror movie we say we're gonna talk about it on the channel and i watch the movie and i'm like yeah it was fine it was good i enjoyed it and then I talk to you about it for 20 to 30 minutes and I end up thinking back and like, you know what? I really did enjoy that movie. I liked it. This, oh, th that happened for me with uh, Revealer. That happened for me with Glorious we talked about where yeah. I, I enjoyed the movies while I watched them. But I kind of felt like, all right, if I wasn't talking about this with Pete, it'd probably be a little forgettable. But then I talk about it with you and I'm like, yeah, I, I really did kind of enjoy all the little weirdness, weird things about these movies. And yeah, that's the whole purpose of the Lasser cast, man, is getting people to appreciate these movies that deserve some appreciation. But you right. know what? Um, they, and speaking of Revealer, I'm pretty sure that Paper Street made Revealer, too. Either either Revealer or Glorious. I was looking through their page, their oh. website. And I think that they made it. You know, obviously it's it's different filmmakers and stuff, right? But like they're the production company. Um, okay. But then one little thing. Here's a little segue, Danny. Is you and me talking about something doesn't help though when it's the Mayfair witches. That's so what me and I, Danny would have been covering today. Yeah. So Pete and I have abandoned uh, Rowan Mayfield. Uh, Mayfair. <laughs> I don't even know her name. Yeah. The, right. I'll tell you She's something. I'll tell you what 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 did made me feel a lot better was you shared right you shared with me an article yeah about Anne Rice uh, and how you know people who knew her think that she would not have even been a fan of this adaptation but also I I kind of went around on Twitter and I just like looked for what people are saying and we were not the only, we were not the outliers we no. were not the ones hating on a show that's been critically praised. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we, you and I joked around uh, about, you know, up oh, here we go. Another, uh, another sex scene with a bra on. And I, <laughs> I actually, and I tweeted, I tweeted, you know, not, I'm not enjoying the Mayfair witches. And also does any, you know, totally not in like a, sicko way like are there any women out there that that have sex with bras on like it's just weird and and like a couple people responded they're like yeah this show is not good and no we don't and i'm like okay good oh man that, that is like so far away from what we were talking about but it's it's true though it's like a, i'm not a big Perv, at least in, on YouTube, I'm not. And so, like I was gonna say, it's just so weird. It takes you out of it when, like, there's all these sex scenes where people are wearing bras. It's like that's not reality. But it's like, why don't you just turn to the camera and scream, like, "We're on cable," or, right? Right? You know, right? It's PG or PG thirteen. This isn't <laughs> HBO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. Danny and I had problems with this show, regardless of the PG porn. It's just, you know, 
inconsistent characters and yeah really I, I didn't even one once you said you had stopped watching episode four i i i had it on Felt as relief. like background noise oh, okay and i was just like yeah you know what if you're if you're not even gonna finish the episode, I'm totally fine, and I turned it off. Yeah, I'll be back for interview to Vampire season two. Uh, I, I and I hope that you know other shows that are made for this Anne Rice immortal universe are do a better job. But I I I really was disappointed in this show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the good thing is we don't have to cover that, and we could look forward to covering other things. Like a certain five-hour documentary that just got dropped on Shutter that we uh, helped uh, campaign for uh, yes. with our with our good friend David Weiner. Yes. Uh, In Search of Darkness three is out on Shutter now. It is five hours long, uh, and I will be starting that crusade probably after work tomorrow. Nice. Uh, I've been running myself dry with going to the movies. I. Uh, I, I put out a, a review of Infinity Pool, a short review. I, I went to Alamo Draft House to see that. I'm actually going, uh, you can expect me to record another video a little bit later. I'm going to Alamo Draft House tonight at 9.30 for the Splatterific Mystery Movie. Oh, cool. No idea. Yeah. Uh, I bought a ticket on a whim. It was yeah. like 10 bucks. And I'm excited to see what this movie is. I was at Nighthawk Cinema last night for Escape from New York from a little director named John Carpenter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so (laughs) they keep, you know, they keep putting these classic movies and really cool events out uh, at the the Nighthawk and the Alamo by my house. And, uh, you know. If they're late enough at night and I, I'm not needed for anything, I, I usually just grab a car and take like a 30-minute drive to go check them out. Nice, uh, You're lucky. But yeah, In Search of Darkness 3, and uh, we still want to try to get to Possession, oh, which is on yeah. Shutter. Yeah, uh, I'm down for that, man. Yeah, and then... You know, it's uh, Valentine's Day's coming up, so maybe we do oh. something for that. You know, I'm I'm always looking to uh, open more eyes about uh, Unmasked Part Twenty Five. <laughs> Dude, I should have. Um, I just interviewed Joshua uh, Milliken, right? Who used to work for Dread Central. He was the editor in chief of Dread Central for a while, right? And he's interviewed a shit ton of people. I mean, he's interviewed like you know Benson and Moorhead and the Soska Sisters, and I mean a shit ton of people, right? And um, I, I wanted to ask about Unmasked. I totally fucking forgot. But while we're doing our little plugging, before we even get to Valentine's Day, though, I really need to put out our best of video, which I've been editing. I just have been real fucking busy with work and stuff. But I think I could probably get that out um, maybe by Thursday of this week, right? Because tomorrow's Wednesday. Then get out part one on Thursday. I have that Joshua Milken interview that I just mentioned. But I also have an interview with Clay McLeod Chapman that I did that I need to edit and get out there. I have a video with Cody Goodfellow that I need to get out there. Um, and I think that, you know, if Aaron Koontz is interested and um, Emily Hagens, maybe we can get them on here too. Um, but yeah, we should definitely do Possession sometime soon because I really enjoyed that movie a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah definitely. And uh, yeah, uh, I'd also. Uh, uh, I'm I'm really excited. My my horror movie club is going to be voting on which Jordan Peele movie 
to watch for our February Fright Club. Nice, uh, man. I'm anticipating, I'm kind of hoping Nope wins because I'd like to rewatch Nope. I actually yeah. only saw it the one time in theaters. But then I'm also kind of rooting for, um, I'm also kind of rooting for us. And I, I think us would be uh, an interesting one to watch. I mean, I've seen Get Out so many times at this point that I'm kind of just rooting for not that one. Right, 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 right. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about Nope during our best of. That's a little spoiler for the video. But uh, all the shit that me and Danny have been talking about, if you guys are interested in any of this and you're not subscribed to this channel, now's the time to fix that. Because we have horror content coming out at least once a week, but often multiple times a week. And we're also on Spotify, and uh, Pete is turns every everything into a podcast, and we're out there. Yeah, good man. Good job plugging. Actually, I need to go bounce over to my other channel, Comic Books Transformed, where Brian and I are talking about the new DC announcement that James Gunn just dropped today. But Danny, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you, my man. And uh, we, we will see you guys next time. Sweet. Sweet.